Welcome back, guys. We got another edition here at this week's podcast with BNR Consulting. Just kind of going over our thoughts and ideas for the last games of the week, as well as some of the games to look forward to this week. Uh, thanks for rolling with us. Matt, how you doing today, man? I'm doing well. Well, it was a fun weekend, except for my team doing terribly, but I won in both my fantasy football games, so happy for that. Well, your team doing terrible is a as I assume is a, a comfortable feeling for you at this point. It's been happening so regularly. Hey, we won the NFC East. I don't care if it was with a losing record. We still won it. Somebody had to. You know what? I respect that. You take the wins as you can get them. Doesn't matter how it looks. I, I got you. Or how infrequently it happens. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump right into it. So first game I want to talk about is the nail biter in, uh, on Monday night. Denver, Den- Tennessee Titans. Oh my God, I got to do that again. So the first game I want to get into is the nail biter for Monday Night Football. Tennessee Titans against the Buffalo Bills. Great game. W- what did you think? So we talked a little bit about MVPs last week. And I threw Derrick Henry's name out there. He's making me look good. Holy hell, he ran like crazy. That 76-yard touchdown against the Buffalo defense? And he's just outrunning everyone is insane. I don't know how you can be that big, that strong, and run that fast, but he is a god <laughs> in a person, in a running back, and he definitely should still be in the top for MVP. I don't think he's going to because he's a running back, but he should be. Oh, you're right, because he had 120, no, I'm sure 143 yards and 20 rushes against one of the top defenses in the league. He literally put that team on his back, carried them to a victory. Tannehill threw for like a hundred and no, he threw for 216 yards or something like that. He wasn't much of a factor in that game. The passing attack wasn't a factor. If anything, they were there to spell Derrick Henry for the next three plays. You know, they know where their bread is buttered and they have no problem riding him until the wheels fall. Yeah. And I still believe in Buffalo. Like I know they lost, but. It was a close game. They were in control for most of it. They kind of just lost momentum at the end there, which is surprising. But I still believe they're a good team, very well-rounded team. They need more of a running game. They did not run the ball at all. And it's bad when your quarterback is like your best running threat at this point. So that's going to be probably their biggest weakness. But overall, I still think they have a great defense. Obviously, they have a great passing attack. So I still believe in Buffalo. But Tennessee, if they can just keep running Derrick Henry, is going to win a lot of games too. Oh, yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right when you talk about Buffalo, right? Buffalo, they they have a team. I think last, I think Monday's game was just one of those games you lose. I don't hate the fourth down call. I thought they they were going with the right idea. You, It's fourth in a yard. You've got a 6'5", 240-pound quarterback. You should be able to get this. I think he just slipped, and unfortunately, them's the breaks. But looking at their schedule, they've got the – uh, the Dolphins, the Jags, the Jets, the Colts, the Saints. like They've got some easy games coming up, and I don't see any reason why they're not the number one seed coming out of the AFC. I think Baltimore might have something to say about it, but between those two teams, I think that the Bills are going to be a little bit bo- a little bit better rounded. Yeah, I think those are the two top teams in the AFC. I was going to go back to the fourth and one call. I love going for it. High probability play call. You get those vast majority of the time. Play to win the fucking game. I'm going to do that every single time. Oh, 100%. 100%. I, the, the way that the NFL is tailored now, it's not about settling for field goals. It's not about settling to go into overtime. 
it's about cutthroat. You seize the momentum and you go for the win. And I respect that. It makes games much more exciting and more fun to watch. Yeah, I love the new wave of coach who's been willing to do that and look at the stats and the analytics and say, you know, when we score a touchdown, we're going to win more. The more touchdowns you score, the more you win. A field goal is worth less than half a touchdown when the extra points taken into account. So you don't want field goals. You want touchdowns when you can get them and just win the game. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and it's funny because I think if the Titans don't win this game, then we're talking about a situation like in Cleveland. Has their window closed? Can the season be salvaged? What do we expect from them moving forward? They're not the team we thought they were. But with this win, they've continued to catapult themselves into the conversation of the other great AFC teams. Yes. Yeah. Early on, they were losing some. You're absolutely right. They were losing a lot of that momentum, and now they're at least maintaining it. They seem to be the team for the AFC South. The Colts not doing very well. They've been underperforming so far, too. So they found their way, which is going to be just riding Derrick Henry. Yeah, yeah. Now, if we could just stick to the AFC and the underperforming uh, topic, the Chargers-Ravens game. Ugh, my Chargers. I, I've been riding high on them all year, and they just came out and they laid a fucking egg. I think it's going to happen. It's still a young team. You know, most of their key players are still fairly young overall. It's just going to happen every now and then, especially if you come up against a more complex defense. Baltimore's got a real good one. They're hard to play against. You know, there's just going to be times where that's you get those growing pains where you don't have those great games that you are expecting already from Herbert. And this is only the beginning of his second year. And we already expect, oh, why is he not throwing for 300 yards? That's insane. So I saw a segment on one of the the big three, four-letter networks that said, have the Chargers been smelling themselves a little too much? Have they been drinking their own Kool-Aid and that's why they lost this game? I don't think that's the case. The reason why I say that is because, just like you said, they're a young team. They're still learning. Young teams have to find ways to get over adversity. This is a game that they should have won and could have won but they couldn't get out of their own way. I think Brandon Staley is a, is a good head coach for this team, and he's going to help them right the ship. Yeah, if you're going to have adversity, it's much better to have it early on, too, and then learn from it and continue to grow, which is what's going to happen. And I think you're right. Staley is the coach to do that and keep them on the right path and not let them get overly full of themselves. So the other side of that game on the Ravens, I will always say that Lamar Jackson is a good athlete. I don't think he's a great quarterback. This game was a good example. He's really good at getting the ball out of his hands into his playmakers to get someone after the catch. The run after the catch is what inflates his numbers. I'd be very curious to see the average uh, travel distance for all of his passes. This past week, he was 19 for 27 for 167 yards. That is more in line with what you get from him. Last week's game where he threw for like 350 or some shit, that was an anomaly. He doesn't do that regularly. I, I still believe that he's a good per, he's a good personnel for this team and what they're trying to do. But as a quarterback, I, I'm i not there. I'm, I'm still not there. Not sold at all. I don't think he's a top five quarterback, but I would still rather have him than most of the other people in the league. He's still going to be dynamic enough to be able to do a lot for you and cause a lot of stress and pressure on the defense. Now, I think the problem is what we've seen come playoff time. Is that enough to get you past the other great teams? It's clearly enough to win you a bunch of games during the regular season. Is it going to translate into the playoffs? And it hasn't yet. 
Oh, you're absolutely right. Because when it comes playoff season, the Ravens bust faster than a virgin. Uh, than a virgin, like they they're out in no time. And if you just look at some of the numbers, right? He rushed eight times for 51 yards. That is their second. He was their second leading rusher in this game. He is their first leading rusher on the team. I, I can't see a scenario where your quarterback is your top running back as well. You can't be great not at both. It's certainly not a sustainable scenario, especially, again, we're talking playoffs. Come January, everyone's beat up and tired, and you're expecting to run your quarterback 10 times or more or something and just keep getting him hit over and over again by these, you know, the best defenses typically. (laughs) We're going to just lay him out. You can't do that forever. Well, and the problem, in my opinion, is these next games coming up for them, they're only going to inflate his numbers. He's got the Vikings, the Dolphins, the Bears. I mean, I think he even plays the Bengals next week. So these aren't defenses that are going to completely shut you down. Now, if he goes out and he has the same numbers where he's throwing 160 yards and 51 yards rushing, those aren't good numbers. But if they're winning, no one's going to give a shit and no one's going to talk about it. Oh, he's going to look good and he's going to put up a lot of stats that make him get back into the MVP conversation and keep him there. Uh, but you hear it from us, don't trust him come playoffs. True, true. Now, a quarterback who's a lot like him, but with a better arm, is Kyler Murray at Arizona. What are your thoughts on that game? That motherfucking Mighty Mouse. That dude is like a just a pocket of just, like when I say pocket, I mean in his stature. Like he's, he's like a poly pocket, but the motherfucker's got wheels and he can sling the rock. Like I, I can't. Think of another quarterback that we've seen of his stature go out and put it on teams week in and week out. I mean, yeah, there are shorter quarterbacks that have come through this league, but I want to say he's like 5'10". And if you want to be generous, you can even say 5'11". But he is small. And to watch him go out against these grown men and make them look like bitches, it is a thing of beauty to watch. Yeah, it's unreal because he looks like a middle schooler playing out there, like a high schooler. He's just so much smaller, but he's just so good at what he's doing. He runs that offense so well, and then he just is mobile enough to avoid pressure and then just make these great passes all over the field. It's a lot like what Mahomes is doing. I don't know if it's as many huge plays or like what the hell plays. It's a lot more like, oh, damn, he just threw that on a rope. He threw that on a laser. Like he just pinpoints everyone all over the place. Oh, yeah. And this past game, I think, says more about the culture and the coaching of the Cardinals because Kingsbury wasn't there. I think two assistants weren't there, but they still went out and they executed that game plan to perfection to beat a good AFC opponent. Well, we all thought was a good AFC opponent in the Browns. I still think the Browns are good. It just shows how important Nick Chubb is to that team. Oh, yeah. And then Lamar Hunt going down, or I'm sorry, Kareem Hunt going down doesn't help you. No, they're built to run the ball. We've talked about that a ton. They're a run-first team. That's all they need to do is run and then let Baker Mayfield throw a little bit to win. And if you lose your number one guy, that's tough. If you lose your number one and one and a half, like we talked about with Hunt, that's almost impossible now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And just if I could go back for a second when we're talking about the, the Cardinals, if you look at that team... I think we all forgot that A.J. Green used to be that dude. He used to be that guy you had to game plan for because he just caught everything coming his way. He got just hampered with a terrible Bengals team. And then as soon as Andy Dalton left, they just essentially were buried. 
And you're starting to see him kind of come back to who he was in this offense. And they are just making explosive play after explosive play. I mean, did you see that uh, that touchdown by De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins where he just muscled his way through like three dudes? No, I didn't unfortunately get to watch any of that game or the highlights. But looking at the stats, it's insane. Yeah. I mean, every player on that – oh, sorry, not every player, but their top three receivers – were in the double digits for receiving yards. So AJ Green was 79. Christian Kirk was 75. DeAndre Hopkins was 55. I mean, 55, t- 55 yards on three touches, but with two touchdowns. I mean, if you're getting that kind of production out of your number one, number two, and hell, number three receivers, that's hard to stop. And then they've got James Conner running the ball, who's actually having a resurgence as well. Well, it's probably easy to run when everyone's worried about the pass. But think about for them. They got a touchdown to Green, touchdown to Kirk, touchdown to Hopkins. All of them are averaging over 15 yards a catch. So they catch the ball, you're getting a first down. That's insane. Kyler Murray averaged 11.5 yards a completion too. He was throwing for a first down every single throw on average. That's absurd. That's insane. That is insane numbers. And if you look at him as a comparison to uh, to Lamar uh, to Lamar Jackson. He runs the ball seven times for six yards, but he throws the ball 30 times for 230 yards. He's doing that consistently. He's not. This is not an anomaly for him. He is putting up numbers like this on every team every week. That's what I think the difference between him and Jackson are. Jackson, he'll give it to you every couple of weeks. Uh, freaking Kyler Murray, he's putting it on you every. I think a huge difference for them is the offense. Kyler Murray, they're letting him read the whole field. And he's so good at doing that and finding who the open guy is while running around. And then he just, you can't cover everyone because he's reading everything. And Baltimore is a lot more of the half field reads. And then you're just hoping that somebody's getting open and getting those yak for you. So do you think that Greg Roman in Baltimore is doing that to protect Jackson? Or are they doing that to. 100. Or is it more of a, we know that he can't do it all, so let's only make him do half? I don't think they're asking too much for him because, yeah, they're. I think they are simplifying it and keeping it easy for him because so much of that offense is just him running the ball and the RPO threat. So you don't need to do as much with everything else in your passing game. But the Arizona is just wide open everywhere. It's a lot. I think the Arizona offense is a lot more sustainable in the long run, and it's a, it's an impressive offense. I was surprised that a college offense translated so well. Oh, absolutely. Now the only problem though is two seasons from now. When the league has tape on it, and you got all these hybrid players coming out, will it be sustainable after that? Because we saw this with Chip Kelly a few years back, where he had this revolutionary, quick, fast defense, uh, quick, fast offense, but he was getting three and outs, and his defense was burning out. And next thing you know, the motherfuckers, he's back coaching on Saturdays. <laughs> I think. I mean. Like Arizona's been going for a while. I thought you were going to say in two years when Kyler Murray resets the market and now they don't have money for Hopkins and A.J. Green and all those other people who are really supporting the team. Arizona's being smart. Like They're spending their money now to get wins while they have a cheap quarterback contract. Once his goes up, they're going to have a lot harder time. They're going to be with everyone else where they are just shedding good players and they're trying to hold everything together around their quarterback. Oh, yeah, for sure. And now, just to stay on quarterbacks getting paid, Let's go to my game of the week, New England Patriots against my Dallas Cowboys. Who motherfucker, five and one, never felt so good. 
never felt so good. I hate Dallas. It's like we've been talking about their defense does just enough, right? Like they take away the ball when they need to. They're doing just enough to get the stops and then give Dak any time at all. He's going to go score. It's annoying as shit. So Dak didn't take a single sack last week. He only has nine sacks on the season, but he's top five in passing yard. That means he's getting the ball out quick. He's making the right reads. His offensive line has its moments, but overall they're holding up. This team, this offense is phenomenal. The defense still scares me. They give up a lot of big plays. Yes, and I think come playoff time, you're going to have to be a lot more concerned about that. But they're going to win you a bunch of games. Like good offense, good enough defense, will win a lot in the regular season. Is it safe to say, too, that C.D. Lamb is your number one receiver already? Oh, God, that's such a good conversation. I'm not there yet. Only reason I say I'm not there yet is it's only his second season in the league, and he is not nearly as good a route runner as Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper... For as good as he is, he always seems to have something injured. But he goes out and he plays through it and puts up numbers. If I can get C.D. Lamb to get that kind of route running, oh, easy. He's easily your number one. He is leading in all stats right now as a receiver. A lot of it, I think, is coming from his dynamic plays that he gets. And Cooper's more of your safety net guy now, right now, at least. Or you can look at it as a he's your leading guy because so much attention's been brought to the other side or the tight end because I don't I'm not sure how much of the game you were able to catch but Bill Belichick was doubling your tight ends in the red zone or if they needed a first down on the big money downs that's who they decided to target so I think that says a lot about what this team is able to do in regards to getting everyone involved and I think CeeDee Lamb's numbers are just a, a direct reflection of someone has to get the ball at that point. That's a, a really good point. I do think um, your offensive coordinator is doing a great job of taking what the defense gives them. So if you're going to try to take away Cooper, then they're going to go after Lamb. You know, they're going to throw to whoever the open guy is. And so uh, Cooper might have been getting just a lot more of attention, and that's been making things easy for Lamb. Maybe when things adjust, we'll see Cooper gain those huge games. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And now on the other side, because I can truly talk about my Cowboys for at least another hour. But on the other side of that game, you're talking about the Patriots. Is it is it time to start talking about the conservative play calling holding them back? So I didn't get to watch it. I was just going to say I think they're still better with Jones and Newton. <laughs> that is a good point. I mean, it's it's not a, a huge leap because he wasn't great. But I, I, watching the game, it's it's almost as if they don't trust Mac Jones to make the right to make the right throws to make the right reads. They take the ball out of his hands or they give him a one or second flat read for and they just hope that their guy makes a makes a play on it at some point you have to open up the book and let the kid be good i honestly and you and i have talked about this plenty of times i don't trust alabama quarterbacks if you look at their track record in the nfl they're not good them and usc quarterbacks but I think Mac Jones might be the guy who makes me eat some pro because that kid doesn't look half bad. I do think you're right that they are keeping things simple for him. They're not asking too much. You look, they're probably one of the few teams that are running the ball 50-50 or even running more than passing. They had more pass attempts this last game, rushing attempts this last game than passing. If you take out his 75-yard touchdown throw, the rest of them, he was 14 for 20 for 140 yards. That's like you just had a real conservative play uh, pass game. 
because they're not asking him to do too much. They're just going to run the ball, take the easy throws short, and just try to keep working down the field and hopefully play good defense. Well, and that's really indicative of how that game went. They didn't hold the ball long. They didn't make huge plays. The Cowboys were really just killing themselves in penalties. And for the love of God, Connor Williams, that motherfucker just gets my stress level through the roof. And people, you can't see me, but my hand's above my head. I am here right now. Like, that dude is too much for me. We have to address the left guard position. You've got Connor McGovern. Why not try him out? It's just, he is, his penalties are going to come back to bite us in the ass. In the well, do you think some of those issues get uh, resolved with Lyle La- Collins coming back this week? Or is that going to take a little bit of time to kind of trickle down to the rest of the line that's already playing well, but you assume with Collins back in, he's going to be even better. So I think Collins coming back will help. My only thing, though, is Terrence Steele, who is Collins' replacement, hasn't been the problem. He has been holding his own against Joey Boza and other good pass rushers. It's the center who is getting destroyed by Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham against the Eagles. And then our left guard, who for the life of him can't stop anyone without holding them. Like We had 100 yards and penalties last week. It was it was so aggravating to watch. But it doesn't matter. We're 5-1, and one, on to the next week. I mean, that's the most important thing is that wins. Now, I was just guess, I was going to wonder if you thought any of those guys on the outside could kick in the left guard. Like, could Collins or Steele take over? I like the idea of Collins going back to left guard because that's where he was when he first got here because we had uh, Doug Free. But he's playing at a Pro Bowl level at right tackle. I don't think you take that away. What needs to happen is Connor McGovern needs to step in at left guard because Connor Williams is not the guy. He's going to be gone after the season. I think he's on his last year. So let Connor McGovern come in, get the reps moving forward. I don't think you move any of the other guys. Tyler Biotish, it's only his second season. Give him more time to gel and grow into his body for the NFL. But Connor Williams, we've seen all we can get out of him. Gotcha. Good to know. All right. Well, let's move on to some of our thoughts just for the week. Big question. They're standing near the top of the wins. Cincinnati. Are they for real? Huh. Or are they just fake? I I don't know. I have a hard time because you look at their games, right? They're four and two. They're winning. And Joe Burrow doesn't look like he's lost a beat. But then you look at who they're winning against with uh, teams like the Lions. It's not quality wins, but in the NFL, wins matter. doesn't matter who you go up against. It's impressive. They've either won big or they've lost by small, which is surprising. Like They only lost by three to the Packers in overtime. They only lost by three to the Dolphins, which is looking worse and worse after every week. Yeah. Um, but still, it was only by a little bit. And then, you know, that was Burrow's first week back. So I'm with you. I think it's still too early because they played such an easy schedule so far, except for like the Packers. That's been about their only quality opponent. Uh, so I don't know if we know, but I think that offense is legit. We know that for sure. Is can the defense hold up against really good So offenses. I just want to kind of go back to what you said because you were absolutely right. If you look at the teams they've lost to, they've lost to the Bears, and they lost by three, and then they lost to the Packers again by three. Those are the, those are the teams they've lost to. They've beat the Vikings, they've beat the Steelers, they've beat the Jags, and then they beat the Lions. Again, not quality wins, but in the NFL, you just stack it how you can get it. I feel like that's a team that's coming on and 
that's a team you can watch for in the future. Right now, I think it's kind of a mirage, but moving forward, they've got a future. Yeah, I'm interested to find out what their defense really is. Like, they lost some people last year, so I thought it was going to be worse. And they had a bad defense last year, but they've been playing well, but against bad offenses. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. It could be a situation, too, where that offense is so good and puts so much pressure on other teams that maybe they're ahead all the time and they're just playing, you know, pass defense, which is a lot easier when you're only playing against the pass and you get a lead. So maybe that helps, you know, them look good. But you're right. A win is a win. When it comes to playoff times, that's all they count. They don't look at who you beat or how much you win by. They're just how many wins do you got? Do you have more than everyone else? So yay for Cincinnati. It's cool to kind of see them finally be doing well. I'm glad for them and for their fans. Oh, yeah, definitely. And now with the Bengals fans, just speaking of them, coming up, they've got some really winnable games. They've got, unfortunately, they got the Ravens next week. But after that, they've got the Jets, they've got the Browns, they've got the Steelers again, they've got the Broncos uh, week 15, I think. So they, they've got more teams that they can stack wins up against. So if you're a fan, you got a lot to be excited for. With Burrow, as long as he can stay healthy, and Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd, and everyone else, you have a lot to be excited for on that offensive side of the ball. If they can just keep, they can get a line to keep Burrow safe, then this could be a very good team. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So... The next thing we want to talk about is we touched on it a little bit in our recap session. The fourth and one call in Buffalo. I, I mean, I really just can't say enough about the call. I thought it was gutsy. I thought it showed moxie. It showed that you had faith in your team and your offense and what they were doing. It sucks it didn't go your way, but you, you can't you can't bust balls over that call. Not at all. You can't play football scared, I don't think. You can't win games that way, at least. We see too many teams when they're on their you know, half of the field going towards the touchdown, and then it'll be fourth and one on the 37. They're like, no, I don't want to take a chance on it. even a field goal or something, or maybe the 40. And it's fourth and one, and they punt the ball. Oh, let's punt it. And then you get into the end zone, and now it's back on the 20. Go for it. Go win the game. Go get touchdowns. That's how you win. That's what's been pissing me the fuck off with Washington this year. They play scared all the time, it seems like. They're always just playing super conservative, and, oh, let's see about, you know, like, let's see if we can win. No, go get the win. Go do that. <laughs> and then if you lose, you lose, but at least you tried. That's right, man. Don't bitch up. Like, when the moment comes at you, you seize that bitch. You're absolutely right. As a Cowboys fan, dealing with Jason Garrett for fucking 12 years, he did that all the time. I You have to appreciate Sean McDermott's balls on that. He went after it, and I can respect that. 100%. And that's what we saw when we were at the Washington Giants game. Jason Garrett being scared again so we see these old school coaches doing that and then we're seeing a lot of these newer younger coaches who are looking at stats maybe they grew up playing madden who knows and you <laughs> see that if i go get points if i get more points than the other person i'm going to win just when you have the ball that's such an important aspect to score point you really have to be on offense to score so hold on to it for as long as you can don't just give it to them unless it's you know an obvious punting situation but still, there's a lot more times where we could be going for it on fourth down, especially when it, you've been moving well, that teams are just like, no, I'm good. No, if it's one and you just ran like crazy against them, just go again. Yep. There you go. There you go. So we talked some about Cincinnati and the AFC North. What do we think about Pittsburgh in the AFC North? They did get a win this week. So watching the game against Seattle Seahawks, in my view, that was a game that they had no business winning. The fact that they were losing to Geno Smith, 
for a majority of the game, it it doesn't bode well for that team. Now, TJ Watt, that dude is making his money. He is proving that you spent well, you spent good money on him, and he's making he's paying off dividends. Absolutely, but the Pittsburgh Steelers as a team, their offense is bad. They're offensive line is worse looking at their schedule like next week they've got the browns who knows what the fuck the browns are going to be putting on the field next week will it be case keenum and two dudes we've never heard of that running back if that's the case then maybe the steelers can win but if baker mayfield comes back i don't think that the steelers can beat baker mayfield they've got justin fields after that i don't think they could beat justin fields then you've got the lions the lions are shit but can I confidently say that the Steelers can beat them? No. I I, I don't believe in the Steelers. And at this point, I think they have to be looking to next season or looking to the draft to see who's going to be playing quarterback. Or at the very least, who are offensive line coaches. Agreed. And I think the worst thing for them is, you know, to get to the playoffs, you have to win your division typically. They're in the AFC North against the Ravens. We just talked about the Bengals and the Browns. We've been talking about them this whole show because they're all doing important stuff. They're all three better than the Steelers this year. They're about to get their ass beat when they play all of them. And so you're already behind the eight ball, and they're not good enough to beat. They barely beat Geno Smith. This team is done. So like you said, they need to be looking on the next year. Oh, absolutely. It's it's a complete dumpster fire. And you feel bad for the, the legacy of that franchise. Everything's just about gritting it out and finding ways to win and things like that. But this team is just not good. Not good at all. They hedged their bets on Roethlisberger, who I think everyone kind of knew was done last year. They weren't willing to move on. We see that all too often with teams. When they fall, it's because they are unwilling to move on from somebody. And they need to be able to move on. If they don't move away from Roethlisberger next year, we're just going to see this again all over, which I'm fine with. I'm not a big Pittsburgh fan. I kind of hate them. So they can suck for all I care. Respect. All right. Well, let's look ahead to a couple of the big games next week. Kansas City. Tennessee should be a fun one. Tell me who's winning. Oof, that's hard. So it depends which Tennessee defense shows up. Is it the Tennessee defense that gave up 350 yards to Josh Allen? Because if that's the case, there's a good chance that they lose that game. I, I can't see the the Chiefs putting up that type of yardage and lose. So I, my gut tells me the Chiefs win. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go outside the thought, the, uh, the conventional bubble here. I'm gonna go the Titans. They're gonna run Mark Henry. They're gonna run Derrick Henry over that entire terrible Chiefs defense. Okay, think you read my notes because that's exactly what <laughs> I put. You eventually got to the right answer. Henry's gonna run for like 150 yards, two touchdowns at least. He's gonna run all over them. And the Kansas City Chiefs are still in that Super Bowl loss funk. Like I watched it against Washington. They aren't doing the stuff they normally do, and I don't think this is the game that gets them back on track. Like They had so many dropped balls by hell that should have just been easy catches for huge yards. That That's where the interceptions came from. Mahomes isn't necessarily making bad plays or anything worse than usual. It's that Hill isn't catching the ball like usual. He's tipping it up and somebody catches it. So it's the stuff that kind of used to always work all the time. It's just a little bit off, and I don't think Tennessee is where they get rolling. Okay, so... After next week, we're going to have even more questions about that Kansas City Chiefs team. Yeah, I think so. We're going to believe even more in Tennessee. 
I still think Kansas City is a good team. It's just they've got that you know stink of that Super Bowl, and they need to wash it off. They need a cleansing game. I would have thought Washington would have been that, but I mean they had a better second half, but that first half was just so bad by them. They lost to Washington in the first half. That is not good. And you know if Washington Homer is saying that, it can't be good. Like you know that's real. Okay. Yeah, that says more about them than anything. Damn. All right. So then we were looking at the next game. We've got Philadelphia Eagles against the Las Vegas Raiders. What are you taking? So I would have thought losing Gruden would have been more of a distraction, but Las Vegas came out and played well this week. I think they're going to keep rolling. Philly is not a good team. They might eventually be with the Hurts and the receivers they collected if they can keep developing. But I don't think they're good. I don't believe in Philly. They're going to keep losing. I have Las Vegas winning and being better without Gruden. Okay. I think you're absolutely right. I think the Raiders take this game because someone has to, essentially, and it's not going to be the Eagles. Jalen Hurts could be good. He could. But Nick Sirianni or their offensive coordinator, whoever, they are not putting him in positions to succeed. They are putting the ball in his hands far too much. You've got Miles Sanders who you refuse to use. Zach Ertz is gone. So at least you don't have to answer those questions about why he's not getting the ball anymore. But you've invested these two first draft uh, picks in the wide receivers, so you feel obligated to force feed them the ball. It, it's not a good recipe. They're not a good team. Raiders take the win, and they're on to the next week. All right, so the next game we're looking at is, I think, two teams we're going to be surprised that have losing records. Indianapolis, San Francisco. What are your thoughts? Oh, gosh. See, like that was a hard one for me. I want to believe in Carson Wentz. And that offense has kind of gotten it going the last two weeks. They put up good numbers against the Ravens. They put up good numbers last week. But on the other side of it, you've got the 49ers. And the 49ers are still a good team. To me, it's going to be a 49ers win. It's it's going to be a 49ers win in spite of a good showing by the, the Colts. So the Colts, I think, have found their winning way by just utilizing Jonathan Taylor like crazy. They didn't do a lot with him the first couple of weeks, and they looked terrible. Maybe they thought more of Wentz, and they were trying to see what he could do. But as they've kind of like pulled back from Wentz and put more on Taylor, they've done so much better. So as long as they keep that going, and if Trey Lance is playing, I don't believe that he's going to be ready. It looks like Jimmy Garoppolo might be back to take over. They're going to have a lot better chance of Garoppolo's playing. I'm going to take Indianapolis in this one, though, and have Taylor get like 125-plus all-purpose yards or total yards. Oh, I love that take, Matt. I love that take. take. And the reason why that is is because you're wrong, and I love when you're wrong. <laughs> I'm Jonathan Taylor's on my fantasy football team. He's going to light it up. I'm going to get another win thanks to Mr. Taylor. Ugh, okay. All right. And then our last game, we're looking at Seattle Seahawks against the New Orleans Saints. Essentially, the battle of the backup QBs. So, I know Winston is the first is your starter, but that dude is suspect at best. Then you got Geno Smith. Who takes the win? So, I thought Seattle was downhill even with Russell Wilson. With Geno Smith, I don't think they're very, great, <laughs> very good at all. So, it's more about just I think Seattle is bad than New Orleans being good. But, you know, New Orleans has the continuity with Winston at least. They show they have a good defense. I think New Orleans is going to win probably big against Seattle. Okay. I want to say that the New Orleans Saints are going to win because I think they've got a better secondary. But for whatever reason, I'm going to put my money on the uh, on the Seahawks. 
I'm going to go into my DraftKings right now. I'm going to take the bet on them to win the game. I'm going to put my money oh. where my mouth is. Just throwing that money away. You should be listening to me. Okay, but we just we just talked about that. You were just talked about that. All right, well, let's keep track, and then maybe next week we'll see who's correct. We should be going back and looking at all our predictions and then keeping track of them and seeing who's more right. Again, I get the feeling, just like with the bets, I am crushing your ass. Slow down. I am beating your ass. Slow down, down. okay? Living in the past will get you nowhere. you got to keep your eyes forward. Okay? You gotta Bring that ass over here. I'm going to bang that ass, okay? <laughs> I think you're saying Back that. Out. I think you're saying that wrong. I think you're saying it wrong. I'm saying it absolutely correct. I'm banging <laughs> that ass. <laughs> All right, guys. Now we're on to our final segment. It's where we place our bets, right? We've got the, the long, season-long bets that we're running. And we're, like Matt said, we're going to bring up next week uh, just to give you an update of what those look like. So this week, we're, we're looking at potential MVP candidates. So what we think their final numbers are going to look like. I'm looking at the Cowboys quarterback, Dak Prescott. I think by the end of the year, Matt's going to take the over-the-under. By the end of the year, he's going to have 4,500 yards. He's looking at 35 touchdowns. Okay. Um, so I thought I was doing Dak, just to kind of be honest with everyone. No. So I was looking at it. No. That's fine. Because that means I did some prep work, and I'm going to be absolutely 100% correct. So 4,500 yards, unfortunately, he's going to blow by that. I'm taking the over. He's going to get that easy. Oof. I was going to set it at 4,800 yards. So if you think I believe that much of him, I'm definitely taking over on 45. He could very well get to 5,000 this year. He was a hair away from it the year when he was healthy. He's going to get there. And then he's going to go under the touchdowns. 35 is a lot. He's on track, I think, closer to the 30. He's going to get close, but I think he's going to just be right underneath that amount. All right, all right, all right. So you're taking over 4,500, under on 35. Got it. Yes. All right. And now since I took your guy, I assume you had a backup because that's what people do. They they have backups to backups. They have plans. So you should have a plan, right? No, I have zero plans whatsoever. <laughs> so give me just a minute. I'll figure out somebody. <laughs> I'm going to take Josh Allen. Let me pull up his stats real quick and then set it over under. No, you don't need Just stats. Give me a quick you don't, moment. No, you don't I can do stats. math super fast. No, but it's always so it's wrong math, good. though. It's always wrong math. So being fast doesn't do anything. <laughs> Fast is all that matters. We all know this. Yeah, during sex, it's a race, but other times... First, it's a... the finish. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think that's a, it's a great credo to live by. When I finish is when we're done. So you better keep up. Exactly, 100%. So, for Josh Allen, I got the line. It's going to be a little bit better than Dak because he's a better quarterback. We all know this. 47, sorry, not 47. Yeah, 4,700 yards over under. We'll go. I guess I'm not going to be as bold with your touchdown because that was a high number. I'm going to go 33 touchdowns. Okay. 4,700 yards. I'll take three. Oh, wait. I have to count. No, no. Uh, to, remember, he just said he was good at math, everybody. Now he's talking about how he has to count. I keep forgetting mm. there's 17 games in a season. You've already. That's going to make your 4,500 nope. mark super easy. You've already put it out there. So there's no amending it. No take backsies. Okay, so that's fine. That's fine. I'm gonna roll with it. 4,700 yards. I'm taking the over on that. I think it's like 5,100. Oh, big. Yeah, and over 33 touchdowns. He goes over that. I mean, he's putting up three touchdowns almost a game. So let's go with that. Outside of that week one, where I think he put up one touchdown, he's been balling out. So yeah, he's gonna get he that. He 
He started slow the first two weeks, and after that, he's just been, yeah, just bawling and kicking ass. So I think clearly this shows who you think is the better quarterback over Allen and Dak. You have higher expectations for Allen by far, not even close, by far. So that's where your true feelings, they've come out. You've all heard it here. Dak is not a top five quarterback in your mind. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't poison the people's minds with that nonsense, okay? That's not what I said. What I believe is that Dak Prescott's numbers won't be as good as Allen's because he has a better running game than Allen. They do not have to rely on Dak Prescott. I think when it's all said and done, there's a chance these two teams meet in the Super Bowl. And then that will put our conversation to bed. Uh, My quick math was definitely much more accurate than the nonsense you just spewed out about Zeke being able to run the ball. Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, I'd take them every day over your third or fourth running back on the Cowboys team. I don't know who he is. Oh, okay. So so now we're just going to continue to perpetuate the lie. I see. All right. You know, that's fine. Yeah, you are correct, though. Zeke and Tony Pollard are much better than the Buffalo running backs. <laughs> Both of them are better. All right. Well, I mean, that wraps up our, store, our show today. Guys, it's been awesome just, again, catching up with everyone. Shoot us over uh, your thoughts, your opinions, what takes you got from today's show. Uh, you can catch us on Twitter. We're at be uh, consulting BNR on Twitter, or if you want to find Matt's MySpace, I'm sure that's still up, or my live journal, you might be able to find that. But yeah, I mean, we love interacting with everybody. Be concerned if you find my MySpace, it's not really monitored, it's just me fully nude. Every picture. <laughs> I'm all my friends, and it's all erotic. Got it. So if you go to Pornhub, <laughs> you type in <laughs> BNR Consulting, that's where you're going to find him. Don't worry, we're working on the OnlyFans since that's still staying up. We were going to boycott it with everyone else, but we're getting it running. But please do like and share us if you're enjoying the podcast. (laughs) Take it easy, guys. All right, bye.